Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for joining us today. It's September, FASD Awareness Month. Be sure to check out Blazing New Homeschool Trails, Educating and Launching Teens with Developmental Disabilities by Natalie Vecchione and Cindy LaJoy, available on Amazon.com. Today, I'll be speaking with Angela Paganelli. Angie Paganelli is the founder of Foster Blessings, a foster care meals ministry based out of Evangelical Church in Clinton Corners, New York. They provide pizza for foster families as children come in care in their home, as well as two or more nights of no prep, no cleanup meals. Also, Foster Blessings provides essentials such as diapers, wipes, etc., all delivered to the foster family's door by the delivery team. The goal is to live out James 127 and be the hands and feet to the local fostering community. They can be found on Instagram at foster underscore blessings EFC or on Facebook as Foster Blessings Meals Ministry. You can also email Angie at fosterblessingsefc at gmail.com. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Zephaniah 3, verse 17. Welcome, everyone. I am beyond thrilled to have my dear friend, who I've not seen in many years, but she is still a dear friend, sister in Christ, and fellow MAPS mom. We actually were in MAPS class together exactly seven years ago when this episode will air. And I am just so super thrilled to have my friend Angie on FASD Hope today to share her journey uh, for us to just talk about what we learned and what we want folks to know, and especially to give her a platform for her wonderful ministry, which is Foster Blessings. So welcome, my dear friend, Angie Paganelli. Welcome to FASD Hope. Well, thank you very, very much. And yeah, like you said, I, I could not even imagine seven years ago, I know. <laughs> I know. terrified, not having any clue. You know. I wow. Know. <laughs> I, I know. I just think about that corner of the room that you and I and, and our husbands and our friend Stephanie and her husband, just that corner of, of wow, just how God transformed all of our lives, you know, and what, if we knew, you know, then what we know now. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. Amazing. So I am thrilled that you're here today because we want to talk about 
this we're airing this during FASD Awareness Month. We want to talk about things that we want for all of you who are in MAPS classes or or have been in MAPS classes or considering adoption, um, especially through foster care. Things that you know, Angie and I, looking back on on those classes, things that we want to share and just and and just um, share our heart, but especially how our journeys in adoption led Angie to her ministry and us to FASD Hope. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So Angie, I know about you. I, I follow you on social media and I know your, your amazing story of your beautiful family. Share with us a little bit about your family's journey, um, especially into foster care adoption. Um, so really my journey started when I was 13. Um, when I was 13, my mother passed away suddenly. Um, we were living in a battered women's shelter and we had been in and out of shelters and homeless centers, um, myself, my mother, and my five-year-old sister. And we went to live with our amazing retired aunt and uncle who were wealthy and normal. <laughs> and I could not handle that. <laughs> and so I started acting out and was in psych wards and drugs and getting arrested, foster homes in and out. One that really, really stuck out was this woman. Um, she was a bit taller than me, but as I walked in with basically nothing in my hands because I had been living on the streets, she just really got into my face and said, this is yours. The living room is yours. The fridge is yours. This room is yours use it. It is all yours. And I just remember feeling like a side just relief of just, wow. okay, like I'm okay here, you know? Wow. And we actually spent hours trying to find my biological father. You know, they would sit with me every night, you know, in the living room, just talk and talk and talk. And um, I was only there now. Now I know that was a, a therapeutic home. I didn't know that at the time, <laughs> um, but I was only there a short time until I was sent um, to a reform school. But um I mean, that woman has just stuck in my brain, you know, for, for so long. I have no idea where she lives. I have no idea anything about them, but just amazing people. Um, and that sticking with me going through, you know, my marriage and Rick and I started to have some fertility issues after Joseph was born. And we had always wanted a large family. Um, and Joseph really wanted a baby brother. <laughs> That's what he wanted. I remember. I remember you, you sharing that in class. I remember. Um, and so we said, let's just call. And it turned out the woman that I called um, was the home finder for Dutchess County Family Services. And she um, was the person that I answered the phone. And she's like, Angie, <laughs> are you doing? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, she's like, I'll send you a packet. I was like, okay. Um, and then, you know what? We got cold feet and we got scared. Mm -hmm. And the packet set, you know, it was all from the counter unfinished my sister-in-law calls me she's like I got some tickets to a concert you want to go sure um it was unspoken mm -hmm. and their entire concert was about adoption and I just sat there and sobbed mm -hmm. and I just said okay this is obviously the direction we're supposed to go went home talked to Rick he was like I've always been on board I just don't fill out paperwork and so <laughs> let's do this and um filled out the paperwork and next thing I know we're sitting in math class that's right that's right. Oh my goodness. Oh, and, and John and Rick and Stephanie's husband, 
Jim just they they got along. Just, I remember it, it was funny. We three would talk and they would talk, you know, and, and um, it was just such a blessing seeing you guys every week. So you had oh, my goodness, my friend, I know you had told me about your journey, but you you totally understand what kids in foster care are going through and that your voice matters in the foster care and adoption community because you have that lived experience. And I, I don't know if you realize how much value you bring in your ministry, having that. I knew, and I remember, like I said, I remember you sharing your journey, but um, I just want to tell you that your voice is, is worth so much in this community because you are speaking from lived experience and you're speaking from faith and from hope. So, oh, wow. So let's talk about how we met in MAPS class. So this was seven years ago, everybody. And um, we met in MAPS class in, in, uh, in New York. And um, let's talk about what we learned and what we didn't learn because, um, you know, Angie and I, have, we've kept in touch over the years and there's some things that we know that we would have liked to have seen more. So, you know, for anyone who's listening out there, social workers, hopefully legislators, anybody listening out there, here's kind of like some tips from former MAPS moms. So Angie, what, what is on your heart? What would you like to share about um, what you learned and, and what you would have wanted to learn in, in those 30 hours that we were there? Um, so really, you know, the one big takeaway that, that I think people don't realize is that when a child is removed from their home, the CPS goes before a judge. And within a matter of hours, that judge makes a decision of whether or not that child is going to be left with their parent, which means within a matter of hours, they have to find a home for this child. And as we watched, you know, the videos of the foster parents sitting back and saying, oh, I took in 50 foster children. What the big picture was missing was the nine o'clock call of, hey, can you take in two kids at like 12? You know, and you're like, oh, okay. So not only are you calling me to take in children, CPS is going to be in my living room, <laughs> you know, and they're going to be like, hey, do you have a bed? Let me look at your bedrooms. Hey, check mm -hmm. your dishwasher. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's a thing, you know? And, yeah. and I think that people... Like, it seems like, oh, you took a child. No, I took the entire state into my house. Yes. I took doctors come into my home. I have nurses. I have caseworkers. I have home finders. I've, it is a CPS. It is yes. a whole thing. And it, it doesn't stop until the adoption day. And then at that point, you breathe a sigh of relief and then your phone rings again. Yes. So it is, it is, that is one piece that I, I think is missing, um, you know, is that there's a lot to do. Um, and I think, you know, with our ministry, that was our big thing. We had a little girl, she was about two and a half years old. Um, when I tell you, she was so distraught from being taken from her mom. She got here at about 11. She threw up in the CPS car. Mm. Um, she had no clothes on her. So she was mm. wearing her hospital gown. Mm. So she gets here and she was like visibly shaking, you know, like this is, this is a very traumatized little girl. So I sat on the chair with her all night and she just sat on my lap and she would wake up and she'd cry and I would just rub her hair and rub her hair you know, and it's dark, whatever. So the next morning we get up and I look down and there are bugs. I mean, when I tell you lice, lice like I've never seen in my life. So I got a hold of her pediatrician and they told me she had had it six times that year and that she was immune to all medication. 
And like, I now for two weeks, I'm quarantined. <laughs> you know, I, I can't bring her with other people. My girls have very long hair, mm-hmm. so now I'm, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it, it was a, it was a disaster and people started bringing meals. And I was like, yes, because when people have a baby, people exactly. bring meals. <laughs> exactly. And that's nine months of preparation. That's not two hours of yes. preparation. So that's kind of where this was all born was this little girl um, that we, you know, got to love on for a couple of weeks. We actually got to bring her to her permanent foster home, oh. which, and we, I actually just talked to the foster mom a couple minutes ago. Um, mm. Doing great. They just moved. Um, but it, it, it's a thing, you know, to have not only, you know, think of like, you know, oh, I'm going to babysit this child. No, I'm going to have this child in my home mm-hmm. with all the people that come with this child. Mm-hmm. And nobody mentioned that. (laughs) I love that. I love Angie, how that precious moment, how you loved on and you realize, oh my goodness, you know, you, you, you're still a mama. You still have a family of, you know, quite a few other children. And you're in this situation that's basically a crisis trying to just soothe her. And this ministry was born and it, it, Oh my goodness. It's so true. You know, they, they don't bring you meals when you're fostering or, or when you're adopting, you know, or, or for so many situations where you could really use that, that serving, you know, of, of somebody serving you to say here, I'm here to help you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Angie. Oh my goodness. The pizza, <laughs> my family, if my family ever hears this, they're going to be like, thank you. <laughs> so- you know, the first couple of days that we, my sister and I lived with my aunt and uncle, the first day we got pizza, mm-hmm. um, but it was like day two or three, things were kind of getting normal and they made salmon and spinach. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm going to starve here. This is it. Like, <laughs> what make it? I'm looking at my sister. She's like, I don't know what this is, you know, like, and, and so that was where the pizza came from was, you know, you're going to get pizza that first night. Cause it's familiar. And you, exactly. And you can't find a kid that doesn't like pizza. <laughs> exactly. And it's comfort food too. Yes. I mean, that I love that. Oh, I love that, Angie. Oh, my goodness. I love that. So what, of course, what I'm going to say, and you know what I'm going to say is, okay. I remember, do you remember the activity where we each got a piece of paper and we had to like go around and find somebody that had something that matched? I don't know if you remember, we were all like, in the middle of the room and we all had like slips of paper and we had to find somebody and match like the statement we had with, with the person or something. Do you remember that activity? I remember. Okay. So, and, and if this is not the Lord, like planting the seed, I don't know what, I don't know what is. So the paper that I got said FASD is not a permanent disability. I just got chills. (laughs) I know. I know. And that was the time when we started seeing all these symptoms from our son yet. And we would ask, you know, different people and they'd be like, nah, he's okay. You know, we were seeing a lot of medical symptoms and everything. And again, like I was telling you before we started recording, they're all these dots, but they were not being connected. And I remember going to one of the social workers in the room and saying, this is not a true statement. This is FASD. This is not a true statement. FASD is a lifelong disability. And I remember her saying, no, it's not. And I just like 
couldn't believe it. And she's like, oh, just just go over here. Just go find some, you know, find somebody else. And I remember being brushed off and and that just stuck with me. That totally stuck with me. And from then on, I remember I don't remember hearing particularly about prenatal alcohol exposure or FASD. I remember them talking about, you know, drugs and meth and other things. But again, it wasn't like um, it was talked about like, okay, this is what they could be exposed. This is what you might see. This is what you could, you know, this is what they would be exposed to. But I don't remember hearing anything like, and this is what you do. I don't remember anything I like that, you know, and again, this is seven years ago. I just remember them saying, oh, these are some of the things you might see. not, oh, okay, you're going to see brain based symptoms as a result of this or, oh, because of of trauma from being in foster care or trauma from being, you know, in a home that you've experienced lip trauma that a child's brain actually changes from that trauma. I don't remember hearing any of that. So I think that's what stuck with me where the Lord planted that seed and led to, you know, FASD hope, because just like you, my aha moment was like, okay, this is not true. This, even though we didn't have a diagnosis and even though we adopted our, our daughter, actually not through foster care, she was adopted, you know, through what we affectionately call kinship, you know, adoption. Uh, we know we're very close with her birth mom. Our, our daughter was not exposed to alcohol or, or poly substance abuse, but yet the FASD stuck and, and going through everything we went through um, that led us to, to form FASD hope. But again, I remember very specifically holding that piece of paper. So, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So both of us have these amazing ministries that we are just, I think the Lord took our brokenness and turned it into his miraculous message of redemption, thinking of, of you and your journey, thinking of our journey, you know, with our son, before we start talking about your amazing ministry, foster blessings, how did your faith carry you through this incredibly tough journey? And how does it continue to carry you? Um, so going into, you know, ending the math classes, being certified. Um, another part of this giant puzzle is that Rick has quite the past. My husband, um, he was arrested. I mean, his his rap sheets, many pages long. <laughs> and we were very upfront about this too, you know, um, but it was many, many years ago. He's become a Christian. He's a deacon. You know, it's awesome stuff. But um you know, it was a concern of mine. Are they going to pass us? You know, um, we didn't hear anything and we didn't hear anything. And I went to church one Sunday and my, my big song is oceans. Um, and you know, the worship team played that song and the whole sermon was about just finding joy while you're waiting. And I remember just, I mean, I was like sobbing. I had to leave because I was just making a scene at that point. Um, just sobbing, you know, and I still have the journal that I was writing in when, when it was, when he was talking. Um, and I, the next Wednesday I get a call, actually, Stephanie and I got a call at the same exact time we were at, um, co-op. I remember, I remember that day. <laughs> so funny. We got our kids at the same time. And, um, I just, I just stood in the hallway and just sobbed, you know, because it was, it was God's provision. You know, uh, did we know if this little boy was going to stay? No idea. Did we know what he was going to be like? No idea. 
Um, all we knew was that he had been in a bunch of different foster homes and he was a wild cookie and he still is. Yep. He's going to be the CEO of a company one day. <laughs> he is just knowing that we can sit back and just let God run the show. Yeah. You know, it was, it was just so comforting that Sunday to just kind of give it up, you know, and say, whatever you want, whatever you want to do with this, which I was kind of thinking like one or two kids. I mean, we've had like 24, um, like, like, like one or two, you know, <laughs> like, geez. Um, That's right. Oh my goodness. I, I, mean, I, I have no idea how people without faith do this. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. I have a friend who says that doing this without faith is like being a screen door underwater. Just, yeah. <laughs> you just can't do it. Oh my goodness. And I remember that day. So side note, everybody, Angie, our friend, Stephanie and I, not only were we in maps class together, we were in the same homeschooling co-op together in New York, which I, I just blew us away, you know? And I also remember, so we found out about Gianna, Gianna's our, our daughter's birth mom contacted us before the maps class was over before we officially graduated. And I remember telling you and Stephanie and, and, you know, our friends and just, again, tears, just like, you know, oh my goodness, you know, the, basically, you know, our daughter's birth mom. And we didn't even know if she was a boy or girl at the time. This was before, she, you know, we found out she, she was a girl, she, you know, our daughter's birth mom said, I'm pregnant my mom told me, you guys want to adopt a second child. Will you adopt my baby? And I remember at Christmas time, we had you all over for a Christmas cookie exchange. I don't know if you remember that. And it was in the old apartment before <laughs> we found out that, you know, we had to move like quickly. Um, and I just remember it was just such an amazing feeling. Like you said, just, okay, the Lord's in charge and this is how it feels. And you have learned. And we, like I said, that we started in math class in September and that was December. So, you know, in, in those four short months, you know, three and a half, I should say, we learned so much. I, it just, uh, it still, I'm still just blown away by the plans that we make. And the Lord just says, nope, I'm, I'm going to give you my plans and they're going to, <laughs> you know, exponentially be far better than you could have ever imagined. So, oh, I love that. So let's talk about what you're doing now, especially with foster blessings, because I love, love, love the work that you're doing. And, um, I also just love hearing about your beautiful family and, and, you know, that we pray for you every night, our family prays for you guys every night. And it's so funny because when I, I messaged you and I said, Angie, just give me the, the phonetic spelling of your last name. And I should know this having Becky on it as, as, as a, you know, last name, uh, you, you gave me that clip and I was like, Oh, praise God. I've been saying it right the past seven years. <laughs> you know being italian i know i know i know so let's talk about foster blessings and the work that you and rick are doing now um so based out of our our little girl there that um you know had her lace issue um we went to our church board and we said we got to do something we have to figure out how to help foster parents and i love our church because they rallied at first we were thinking we'll do stuff 
you know, we'll do, you know, if somebody needs a crib, if somebody, you know, whatever, but we have a ministry here um, close by that, that does that already. You know, we didn't one, want to infringe on that. And two, we really didn't have the space for it. Um, and so we just kept brainstorming, brainstorming. And when that person brought me that meal that day, it just hit me like food. That's what we're missing is food. Um, you know, is, and so went back to the board, they loved it. And within a couple of weeks, we had a lot of money in our ministry fund and we were shocked because we didn't know, you know, if you're starting out a ministry, you have no idea how it's going to start. Um, but Evangelical Free Church, they are on it. And they they stood behind us and we got our first cooking night and we made 40 meals in three hours, put them in the freezer. Um, and then, you know, we decided on the pizza. That was the big that was the next big step was the first night you're going to get some pizza. Um, and then the next night we have a delivery team that will bring you two nights worth of fully cooked meals in disposable containers with paper plate plastic forks no prep no cleanup you're putting it in the oven you're throwing it out there is nothing you have to really do um as well as diapers wipes whatever you need um it's it's i mean we have a, a shed at the church that we have quite a few things outfits and things like that um and so i mean like i said our church has just been behind us 100 percent. and duchess County's pretty big and so we had another church approach us and we are now in vineyard Community Hopewell Church, um, and they are handling all of our Southern deliveries. So we kind of fight over Poughkeepsie a little bit because, you know, we both want to be in Poughkeepsie. We love it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're wrangling that down. Um, but for the most part, it is it is very streamlined. It is very easy. God just totally runs us and gives us people. You know, we work very closely with Dutchess County Family Services. We speak at the MAP classes. We went to the foster care picnic. You know, we're, we're out in the community, you know, and, and just but the big thing is that not even the meals. I have been on visits where, you know, my, my team, they're sitting on the floor with babies. You know, they're holding a baby so a mom can wipe down her counter. One, you know, there's a one kinship grandma. I mean, she, I think I want to say she was like 80 years old. She had to get fingerprinted, you know, and I walked her through the whole fingerprint, you know, thing on her phone. Just being there, that's, you know, relationships and building that and and then being able to pray for these families, you know, pray for them, pray with them, you know, and just know, hey, we know, we know what you just took on, you know, this is a big deal. And just being the, the hands and feet, you know, that's what it, that's what it's all about. Amen. Amen. James 127. Uh, yep. Yes. That's enough, you know, to say, because it says to visit the orphan in their hour of need. Mm -hmm. And I do not think of a better hour than yes. when removed from their parents. You know, that's and so that's where we're at. I mean, as far as, you know, meals, we do help families that are having surgery or illness, you know, we, you know, it's not just placements, but for the most part, that's our, you know, that's our goal. And um, we've been in Ulster County, Putnam County, uh, Orange County. I mean, we're just kind of all over the place at this point. It's based in Dutchess, but um, it's, it's just an awesome thing to do. You know, it's an awesome thing to be a part of. Yeah. I love it. I love hearing that. And um, before we before we end and before we talk about our hope takeaway, um, we will have we will share your information, Angie, so that if people want to donate, if people want to visit, if people want to support, help out, um, we will we will share all that information, um, not only, you know, before we finish, but in our program notes as well so that people can get in touch with you and help because this is a much needed ministry. And I pray you inspire those 
in the foster care, foster adoption community to say, hey, I want to do that in, in my church. Hey, let's, why aren't we doing that in our church? Uh, so this would be, if this ministry would be like a national ministry, oh my goodness, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. So, oh, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. We're airing this during FASD Awareness Month. And both you and I going into our MAPS class, going into just learning about foster care, which we know the statistics say that 80% of kids in foster care have been prenatally exposed to alcohol and learning about what other states have done. For example, Minnesota, Minnesota, every child, every youth in foster care is not only screened to rule out or to be, to, to receive a diagnosis, whatever the case may be, but also there is one hour of required training for prospective foster parents and anyone in the foster care system to learn about FASD and, and brain-based prenatal alcohol, prenatal substance exposure. What is, before we, we finish our conversation, what would you like to see? Because you're heavily involved in the foster care system, helping as not only as, as a foster mom, as, as an adoptive mom, but doing this ministry, what would you like to see as far as FASD awareness for the area that you're in where we used, I used to live in New York up until, you know, six years ago. Um, what would you like to see happen so that our kids can have, can be better served? Um, so I would say we have our little Roman who was just adopted last month. Uh, he, we got, we were done. We were done with foster care and we got a phone call. Can you just keep this baby for two weeks? So <laughs> we started visiting this baby in the hospital and he was there because he was born addicted and he was born addicted to everything you can imagine, including a heavy amount of alcohol. Um, he has gone through some really severe health issues um, coming on the other side of them. Now he's doing great. But the one thing that's not talked about is FASD. You know, they have talked about the effects of the heroin. You know, they've talked about the effects of um, morphine. I mean, it was just, it was just such a plethora, but for some reason, alcohol is kind of down there. It's not, it's not talked about, right. you know, and the effects that, that it's going to have. And we really have no idea, you yeah. know, what, it, what it's going to look like, but if we were to have somebody at DCFS who is trained specifically in this area and say, okay, you know what, this is what you need to look for. Or even if pediatricians were trained or neonatologists were trained, yes. um, you know, in this, in this one area and said, Hey, you know what, we really need to look at this particular scope because this is different than what heroin is going to do. This is different. What a drug is going to do. Yes. Um, that would be amazing. You know, because like I said, it's, it's not talked about at all. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. Exactly. And we also know too, I mean, and I've learned there are pockets of the country that are very FASD informed, have, have supports and everything, but then there are places that it's not even mentioned or people are like, what, what are you talking about? And, and I agree. I think if we're trying to think about dispelling the myth, I think it's either one assumed that somebody did not drink during their pregnancy you know, that, okay, they knew not to drink during their pregnancy, even though they did every other, you know, substance or two that 
they still think that, oh, well, a little bit of alcohol is safe, which we know no amount of alcohol during pregnancy is safe. And, and alcohol out of all of the substances is the worst, does the most harm and has permanent, not only brain damage, but like you said, in sharing your son, medical issues, which we saw in our son too. And, and, you know, I have countless friends and, and parent advocates who have the same medical issues, which we all know there, there are more than 400 medical comorbid diagnoses that can accompany having an FASD. And because if we think about it, how alcohol affects every system in our body. So I'm so glad you bring that up, Angie. And I pray that somebody will hear these words and say, Hey, you know what we need to get FASD informed in our area. So, and that's why also I think this FASD Respect Act, HR 4151, SB 2238, getting national FASD legislation passed is so crucial because then we can start getting supports that are systemic, not just here and there, you know, same thing with foster blessings. If we can get, if, if foster blessings were like a national ministry that, you know, every church, there, there are churches in every single, you know, state in the country that do this ministry, this much needed ministry that, oh my goodness, how much better would we not only be helping kids, but especially those families that are fostering them. So Oh, my friend, I'm, I'm so, so thankful to have you on FASD Hope. Before we wrap up and, and give you a platform so you could share all of your information, um, what can you share with our listeners is the biggest takeaway that you want them to learn from foster blessings and your experiences being a foster care mom and being in the, in the foster system? So I would say going in, you know, you, you have the the fear that this child is going to leave. And we have, I mean, like I said, we've had 20, 24, something like that, was track, um, you know, foster kids. And we did have one little boy who was with us for about a year and a half and he went home. We were a huge part of him going home. We actually got to bring him home to his mom and I was okay until I got home and saw the crib. And I mean, the pain was just searing that this little boy who called me mom for the last year and a half wasn't here. But as time went on, you know, I watched, I watched the family, they blossomed, they grew, they're, they're just doing amazing. But I realized this is a service, you know, this is, this is serving. This is exactly what Jesus does is he lays down his own desires, his own wants, his own feelings and serves others. You know, and that that's exactly what we're called to do is to love people as much as you can. As a matter of fact, our family song is um, Fix My Eyes by For King and Country. Um, we blare that. And I can tell you the day that we picked up Lennox from the children's home, as we pulled into the children's home, that song came on the radio. And there was not a dry eye, even my almost teenage son, there was not a dry eye in the car because it was such a confirmation of what we were doing. And what we were doing was right and good and, and what God wanted. Um, so I would say if you're considering fostering, jump in, do it. It's well worth it. It is well worth the pain to see the smiles on the kids, you know, two, three, four years later when they're with their parents and you have, you've helped that you facilitated that. And 
it's just an amazing thing to be a part of. It really is. And you just so perfectly summed it up is, is when you're a foster parent, you're serving, you are serving, you are giving yourself. And like you said, you're, you're, you're letting, you know, the state and you're letting the county and you're, you, you are basically giving yourself so that this child, these children can have an opportunity to be reunified with their family. Or if, if that is not able to happen, then can be adopted. But I love you sharing that story because for many families with the right supports and the right care and and services, reunification is a beautiful thing, you know, especially when we think about redemption, you know, and, and how many, oh my goodness, you know, how many times in our lives have, have, have we been forgiven and have we been redeemed and how we've been put back together. So, oh, thank you for sharing that example. I I love it. So now here is the platform. I'm going to step away from the microphone. I want you to share with our listeners. You shared what is foster blessings. I just want you to share a little bit more about um, what you provide and how can people donate, get in touch, contact, volunteer. The mic is yours. So um, basically, we are we are an evangelical free church in tiny, tiny little Clinton Corners, New York. Um, And we have a Facebook page, which I think will be on Natalie's page and an Instagram page. Uh, Email is there and our phone number 845-516-4218, which is not just for um, people who want pizza. It is also for support. You know, I I can take a, a good chunk of my day out and I can I can talk to you and I can say, listen, you know, this, this might be hard. I understand that. Um, but you're going to get through it. We can pray together. You know, I can try to guide you as much as I can in the, you know, seven years that we've done this, but also we have a whole team of people who will be willing to talk to you and pray with you. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's a scary thing to go through the foster care classes and get the phone calls and and it's, it's nerve wracking. You know, um, I tend to like to have things in my control and to let that go is incredibly difficult, um, but well worth it. And I think Foster Blessings also gives, it gives legs to those people who say, how can I help? How can I help you, Angie Paganelli, who just got, you know, a two-week-old NAS baby who is screaming at the top of his lungs. And instead of just saying, oh, you know, I don't know, there it is. You don't have to ask, you know, you jump in, you, you say, Hey, here's 20 bucks for pizza. You know, here's, um, you know, a meal, here's whatever it's already set up for you. And the community coming together to cook is, I mean, the pictures are just, they make me cry watching, you know, our whole evangelical free community come together in that kitchen. And, um, it, it is just a, it is a great way to get the community involved. And we are considering, um, praying about starting a lending library. Um, because there are, I mean, I know in our case, we've had many times where a baby's mom just needs to find a house and they're with us for three days. And am I going to go out and buy a swing? And am I going to buy this and that? And that? So we have, that's our next level is um, the lending library so that people can check things out for as long as they need them and then bring them back to be reused by another, by another foster family. So, um, you know, lots of things coming just in God's timing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So once again, we will share all of Angie's um, Instagram, Facebook, 
email and Angie shared her number so that if you want to help donate, you know, you can make connections and, and just help this ministry grow. It is so needed. And I am so, so thankful for my friend, Angie, for, for having the faith, just listening to the Lord, guiding her saying, this is so much bigger than just your family story. Now, now you are going to be serving so many other families. And I am just so thankful for you, Angie. And I'm so blessed to know you. You're just such a you're just such a wonderful woman and such a wonderful sister in Christ. And I'm, I'm just so blessed to know you. So, so you've been listening to our episodes and I know um, you've, you've heard a couple of our FASD hope episodes. We love to end our episodes with a hope takeaway, which are words of hope uh, that will give our listeners hope and faith for their journeys. What words of hope can you offer to those families who are out there and, um, and just need to hear encouragement and hope. I would say the one thing that has been on my heart a lot lately is that we are created beings. And I know today's world, it is so against that, but we are created. We are not just a bunch of cells. We are human beings in God's image. And so are these kids. And so when we take a child in and we have to look at the whole package. We have to look at their heart. We have to look at their mind. We have to look at their history. And it is, if you look at the whole child, it just gives you so much more of a picture of what you're doing. You know, you are, you're serving this child because they're in your home because God placed them there. They did not accidentally step onto your porch. God put it, your name in that home finder's mind. And they said, oh, I think this is a good match. And you got that phone call. And so don't think of it as, oh, I'm taking a child. Think of, I am taking this child and I have an opportunity to bless this child with the gospel, with love, with so much more than, you know, we probably even think. And um, as a former foster kid myself, I am saying that is, that is exactly, think of them as God's created beings. Amen. Amen. Angie Paganelli. You're going to be back in 2022 to give us an update on foster blessings, because I know not only our family prays for you all, but I know there are going to be other families that are going to be praying for this ministry to just continue to grow and serve and just blossom. So Angie Paganelli, thank you again for being on FASDO. Thank you so, so much. This has been absolutely amazing. It's so great to catch up. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.